coming up on Inside the NRL. Boyd Cordner retires from rugby league. We discuss his legacy and how yet another early retirement hurts the Roosters' premiership hopes. We hear from both coaches live from Stadium Australia following today's annual Queen's birthday clap. Plus, Knights great Danny Vaniris joins us to kick off a special week in the NRL as we celebrate Beanie for Brain Cancer Round. Hello and welcome to Inside the NRL. Yes, it's a very, very special week as we celebrate the Beanie for Brain Cancer Round. We've got the beanies on, Michael Chamis, Jamie Soward. We love this round and uh, just in time because it's freezing at the moment. It is freezing outside. What, it was cold at Canberra on Saturday night. It looked freezing down there. It's freezing in the studio too. What about that performance? Yes, uh, we will get to that performance. The Dragons going down to the Bulldogs for the second straight year on uh, Queen's birthday long weekend. 28 points to six. We'll hear from both coaches. Trent Barrett, a very happy man. Anthony Griffin, no doubt, not too happy. Of course, Michael Chamis is from the Sydney Morning Herald. Jamie Soward is a Dragons Premiership winner. But first, uh, as you saw in the headlines there, if you're in rugby league circles, you would have seen that Boyd Cordner has officially retired from rugby league after his 10-year career. Sadly, he was unable to uh, overcome a series of head knocks. Uh, he was medically cleared to return, but he had to uh, call it a day today. Let's hear from the Roosters' outgoing captain. You know, it was an extremely tough decision for me to make. Um, you know, I, I spent I spent oh, hours on hours and um, hours on hours and sleepless nights. You know, trying to find a way. Trying to find a way for me to to brush it aside and to and to play on. And I was doing everything I possibly could, but uh, my mind and, and, and my head was, was telling me otherwise, it was dragging me the other way. If that was the case, it would have been me physically probably prepared, but mentally just crossing my fingers. And, you know, I don't think, you know, that was safe at all. And uh, for once in my life and my career, I, I had to put my, my health and, and my happiness first. And, you know, it was an extremely tough decision for me to make. The feeling of 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 going out and and you know what does the next head not look like for me? I couldn't get that out of my head, knowing that I wasn't I wasn't quite a hundred percent. If I if I was a hundred percent, I'd be probably back playing last week or next this week. I knew that if it was if it was going to be right, then. Um he was going to know and, and I sort of felt a couple of months ago that there was um, there needed to be an improvement there and there wasn't and, and then last week when he rang I didn't need to hear what, what it was about when he said come over I knew what it was going to be about and it was almost a, a relief as well that um, he'd made that call um, because everything wasn't right so um, yeah it's quite courageous to make that call. So Boyd Cordner and Trent Robinson there. We'll get back to Boyd Cordner and his retirement a little bit later on. But uh, Anthony Griffin, the Dragons coach, has just sat down following their loss to the Bulldogs. Yeah, very disappointing. Yeah, very disappointing. This wasn't good enough, obviously. Yeah, they were just harder at the ball the whole, the whole night. Um, we got ourselves in a reasonable position. We weathered that early storm and got to 6-2, but from then on it was um, it was all downhill for them. Yeah, they're, they're a good side. I mean, you know, they took Penrith to the back end of the game. They, they probably should have beaten Canberra a magic round. They, they've been building for a win and, you know, we, we, uh, we helped them with that today. Yeah, we just got it wrong, obviously. Yeah. Were there signs? Did any signs in the lead-up? No, I thought we had a good week of training. Um, it's been a long turnaround, but there's no, there's no excuse for what happened there today. It was it just wasn't the standard. Yeah, I thought we'd. We'd done well to only be down by two. 
you know, we weren't in the game and if we could go out and hang in there and grab the ascendancy, um, we're obviously still a chance of, you know, big chance of winning the football game. But, you know, the first set they got, they, they go down and score and, um, you know, they were on the front foot then and we weren't strong enough to fight, fight back into the game. Yeah, I know. I, I thought the momentum was apart from a couple of times in the first half where we forced a little bit of field position, you know, with our defence. Um, I thought they were on the front foot the whole night, um, and that was a disappointing thing. Didn't uh, have any bearing on the outcome, but what's your take on Jack Hedrick and staying down to get a penalty? Oh, well, that's just the way the NRL is these days. You know, they're the rules, so um, you're going to see more of it. Can I just ask, mate, there was a report, obviously, in the middle of the second half that came out that Corey Norman won't be offered a contract for next year. Yep. Um, just expand on that, what, what was behind that? Yeah, well, we just had to make a decision on, on Corey and um, we gave it a lot of thought and I, I spoke to Corey uh, last week and uh, just let him know that he wouldn't be um, offered a contract and he understood we got some good young halves coming through and um, so, yeah, he, he's, uh, he understood and, and we moved forward. Is that a hard one for you, obviously, yeah, it is a, it's a hard one. Everyone's a hard one. Um, you know, Matt Dufty was was a hard decision to make. He's you know he's played for this club all his life. So, but um, it's what we think is the best interest for the club going forward to build a list that um, you know can bring us sustained success. They're not easy decisions. Is there a point where you go to the young guys like Sullivan and the Mo and give them a chance in first grade, or do you persevere with Corey for a while? Or have you got any thoughts about how you play that out? Oh no, I, I think at the moment um, we've got our best team on the park. Um, Sullivan's injured, has been for most of the year. Um, you know, Junior's uh, probably not quite ready just at the moment. Is there any concern that when you're telling guys that they're not wanted that? It affects their performance or maybe the morale within the, the team or the club? Um, no, I don't think. Well, that's just a, it's, it's more up to the person themselves that you, that you tell them. But, um, you know, I, I don't see any any problem with that. It's, it's business and people are signing contracts or going somewhere, you know, from one club to another. You know, in the modern game, that happens every week. Anthony Griffin there, uh, a man of very few words at the best of times, and he obviously wasn't happy after that loss to the Bulldogs. As I said, 26 points to eight, uh, 28 points to six losers there at Stadium Australia. But the big news out of that press conference, Michael, you broke the story around half-time, so it wouldn't have pleased Dragons fans. Maybe it would have, I'm not too sure. But Corey Norman uh, won't be at the Dragons next year. Yeah, look, I don't think it's come to, as a surprise to a lot of Dragons fans. I think there's been frustrations with Corey Norman. Look, he showed throughout his 50 games of the club that he's got... Still got talent to play in the NRL. The problem with Corey Norman is it hasn't happened on a consistent basis for the Dragons. And the frustrations around Ben Hunt and Corey Norman have been there ever since he arrived. And the decision to cut ties, I think they had to make a decision soon. They either decide they're going to re-sign him and, and, and stick with him, or they say the kids are our future. And this is the question, and it was asked of Anthony Griffin in the press conference. Now that the decision's been made that Corey Norman won't be there in 2022... Do you start planning for 22 now? Do you get Jaden Sullivan when he's back fit in a couple of weeks straight back into the 5-8th role? Do you get Junior Ramon in there? They're the questions the Dragons have got to answer in the next couple of weeks because they've got to make a decision. Is the season gone or can they still make finals football with the kids? Sowie, you've been told by clubs in the past that you're not yeah. wanted. Does that weigh on your mind? He's only Anthony Griffin revealed there. He told Corey Norman last week that he's not going to mm. be there. Surely that's a big, big thing to... <coughs> Have yeah, overhanging. It is. And first thing, I'll address the Corey Norman stuff. You know, since I went into November, he was the leading, the senior play, playmaker there to work with, and he's been great to work with. He's been a real eye opener in terms of attitude, you know, dedication to what we're trying to achieve there. And and sometimes when you don't 
play your best footy and you do get told that you're not going to be wanted going forward, it is tough that week to go out and play. Um, and I thought that kind of reflected that today. But I, I can't speak highly enough about Corey. I was actually moved on by Anthony Griffin. My last game was in Melbourne uh, with Nathan Cleary's first game. And, you know, I went and played reserve grade the next week, sat down and had a chat to Hook and, and spoke about... He just said, mate, you're not going to get back into first grade. The juniors are just they've gone past you. So whether that's what the Dragons want to do or not, I know they do have some talented juniors. Whether they're fully ready or not, you'll only know once they get into first grade. But in terms of, of Corey and, and Matt Dufty and stuff like that, those guys went out there with all to go out and win the game. You never not want to go out and win the game. Those two guys went out and did that. Probably not their best performance, and I think it was they weren't in the boat alone, those two today. Michael, does Corey Norman find a home anywhere else in the NRL? I think there's a little bit of an unfair knock on. I, I take what you said on Corey Norman. I think there's an unfair knock on him that clubs have feel like it's too much of a risk to take Corey Norman. Now, I don't know what his asking price is. I don't know what he expects financially over the, over the next 12 to 18 months, but I think he's going to struggle to, to find an NRL gig, Corey Norman. I, I don't know if the Super League... don't know if he wants to go to the Super League, but there may be his only option at this stage. But I, I think he's... Sal, you, you work with him, right? Is he done and dusted as an NRL footballer? Or no. do, you, do you think in I, the right team... Because he clearly struggled with Parramatta when they were going bad and struggled with the Dragons when they're not fighting for Yeah, him. but he also was at Parramatta when they went down to Melbourne and beat Melbourne down there yeah. and, and got him in the top four. So we can't, we can't forget that. Yeah, he played State of Origin and, and was pretty good on debut as well. So I could see him somewhere being a depth player, you know, not lost to the NRL, potentially challenging someone. It, the, the thing with halves at the moment is there's not a lot of great halves in the game. Yeah, there's not a lot of depth there. So you're going to find a club maybe out there, maybe a West Tigers, someone like that, maybe even the Gold Coast Titans that are not really sold on their 5'8", but you know, may need a depth player to come in and challenge that person. And for the right price, everyone's a fit for the right price. It's just sometimes, you know, the the asking price, I and mean, when we're going to talk about Sean Johnson later, you know, <laughs> how, how doesn't he have a contract? You know, stuff like that. So it's it's the price that fits in with what you're trying to do and the Dragons are trying to bring through some youngsters. On those youngsters, you're working with the halves there and, and doing some kicking stuff at the Dragons at the moment. Jaden Sullivan, Junior Ramon. Now, Hook, Anthony Griffin just said that Junior Ramon's not quite ready. Where's Jaden Sullivan? I know he's got an injury at the moment, but when he is fit, is he the long-term solution with Ben Hunt in the halves? Those kids are special. They are very special. Um, I've worked closely with Jaden, and he's been injured this year. I think last year probably hurt a lot of guys in that situation. They didn't get the chance to play reserve grade because of COVID. So, um, yeah, he and Junior Ramon have played their junior footy together. They like playing alongside each other. Whether they can translate that into the NRL, we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, they're definitely NRL talent. Any uh, more news on Matt Dufty, Thomas, and where he might end up next year? Yeah, look, at the moment, I think the Raiders are the, probably the leading contenders. He met with the Raiders last week, Dufty, about his future there. It, it's sort of, it's interesting what's happening at the nation's capital because Charles Nickel Klockstad, as we know, has had season-ending neck surgery. Now, there, there are concerns there that how he recovers from that, he may not be the same player. We don't know if he'll be in a position where he can't play at all, but there are definitely concerns there. Otherwise, they wouldn't be going after Matt Dufty. There's also talk that he may play centres next year, Charles Nickel Klockstad. So, for me, Brisbane are out of the running for Dufty. They aren't going to pursue that. So, at this stage, Dufty's future looks like, most likely, if he's going to find a contract, he'll be at the Raiders. Sowie, uh, how disappointing were some of those efforts... I'd pick out the Adam Elliott try late in the match. Talk about intensity. He had three or four blokes on him and they just fell away. Yeah, and, yeah, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard sitting here in a... With, well, with it was hard sitting hard. watching you watch the game in the first half because it was just a frustrating performance. Yeah. Um, look, I'm not going to make excuses. It wasn't good enough. It wasn't the standards that we've set. But, you know, after last week, you win by 50 over a Broncos side and you probably... Everyone says how good the attack was. Well, we're still letting 24 points. So the defence... Yeah, probably wasn't up to scratch. And the games that we've lost this year, we've gone away from our our values and our intensity of what we've done. You know, I think back to wins at the start of the year against Newcastle, that game against Parramatta at Bank West, you know, hostile environment and the way we attacked it. And today, you know, to be fair, and, and you know, we didn't attack it. We didn't attack those uh, values that we have. And, you know, the Bulldogs completed at a high rate as well. Just on Matt Dufty, I wrote a piece last week or the weekend of the Sydney Morning Herald about why the Dragons 
don't want to re-sign Matt Dufty. Now, I sit here today, and, and I think the Dragons are making the wrong call on Dufty. I know we saw some defensive deficiencies. And I wrote, the reason I wrote the, wrote the story was because I was perplexed as to the reasoning behind it. Now, those defensive deficiencies are there. We, we saw that today. There are things in Matt Dufty's game defensively that don't stack up with the better fullbacks. Now, in attack against Brisbane, he was superb. But the, the knock is that he can't do it consistently, Sowie. Do, do you think the Dragons, with Matt Dufty, has he been there long enough to see what he can do? Is it the right call to move on from Matt Dufty? <laughs> I'll put you on the spot. I know you still work. It's a hard one. Personally, I, I would have yeah, kept Duft. I think that attacking-wise, he can be a real asset. Uh, he's still got some deficiencies in defence that you know, I felt like if I could get my hands on him 24-7, I reckon <laughs> I could help. But uh, yeah, at the moment... They've decided to move on, and, and that's the thing. They've got each club that's not winning or competing for a championship. If you're five or six pieces away, which is probably what the Dragons are in terms of competing with, you know, Penrith, Melbourne, stuff like that, then you've got to spread your money out. You can't just go all in and, and try and re-sign guys. And you know, there's, there'd be people out there saying, "Well, if it hasn't worked for the last couple of years, we keep doing the same thing." That's the definition of insanity. So, I, yeah, I mean, I'm not down there long enough. I keep saying that to Dragons fans. I'm only down there an hour a week, and I do some video on the kicking, as I said to Zach. But um, yeah, I think that Matt will be. He'll be in the NRL somewhere because of his attacking style, but he does need to work on his defence. OK, so where do the Dragons go? Cody Ramsey there. I've heard Jack Bird's potentially a, a fullback option. They've got the young kid, Tyrell Sloan, and potentially even Zach Lomax. Well, mm. Do you know where the Dragons are going next year with their fullback? I think Darius Boyd might be coming back. <laughs> what, are you in the house as well? Nah, look, I... I don't know what you want me to say. I don't have a, a say on recruitment. They've got some options there. Jack Bird, Zach but Who Lomax. do you like? Who, who, who do you like? You, you, Ramsey's obviously got some talent. Lomax Bulldogs has got play good today. <laughs> we'll I leave it at that. Is, I love this. No, I, I, look, I, I understand no, the no, difficult no. situation he's in. But look, Tyrell, Tyrell, the okay, Tyrell Sloan's probably 12 months away and yep. probably five kilos. Yep. Cody Ramsey's eight, probably about 12 months away in terms of developing his skill set and, and footy brain in that position. Jack Bird's played there before, whether he can do that or not. And Zach Lomax, yeah, in terms of physicality, yeah. and Zach Lomax has played there, whether he wants to go back there and we weaken our centre position to put him at fullback. There you go. Michael, just lastly on the Dragons, how much will this loss hurt them and their top eight chances? They're still there now, but they could have cemented themselves in seventh. Oh, yeah, they, they're having a good opportunity these next few weeks. I think they've got here looking to draw Canberra Warriors Manly. They're winnable games. I don't know if Manly have their origin players or not, but they're winnable games for the Dragons, so that's a big one to drop. The, the, the concern for me is now what does this do psychologically because we've heard now Dufty's unwanted, we've heard now Norman's unwanted, and naturally when that happens, players... You, you're just normal to be in a situation where you start to... Not back off, but it's going to cause some uncertainty around that group, I have no doubt. So how they bounce back from that is going to be quite telling because... There are no, guys there playing for the They'll future. be fine because if you, you're still playing for your contract. You're still playing for a job. You're, you're reapplying your job every single week. And you saw Matt Dufty, he was told before the Broncos, went out there and put his application in. The Raiders came knocking straight away. So, you know, there, there's going to be opportunities there for those guys, if picked, to go out there and get the job done. All right, the Bulldogs enjoyed just their second win of the season this afternoon under new coach Trent Barrett. Uh, what does this win mean for them? They've got a tough month ahead, Michael. They have. I looked at their draw. That's a very tough month ahead. Parramatta, Manly, Roosters and Rabbitohs. But it's, it could be a good thing because that's obviously during an origin period. There'll be some teams there that are, are weakened during that time. But look, it, it does a, a world of good for Canterbury because they are building something. Their completion rate is quite high. They, they just cannot score points, which is, I know we'll talk about it a bit later, but someone like a Sean Johnson for that team, Matt Burton, Josh Adokar, the, the pieces are coming together. The one thing that's pleasing is they, they're not giving up which they have in the last few years. So the foundation's there. If they can get the pieces of the puzzle, as we said, they get five or six pieces to fit into that equation, they might be a different football I, team. I don't know people. why they would go after Sean Johnson. Well, what do, okay, Michael, you just said we'll talk about it later. No, we'll, we'll talk, talk about, about it right now. now. I don't know why. What's the go? What's, what's, what <laughs> they, hold on, but they brought Kyle Flanagan across to do the job. All off-season we heard about Kyle Flanagan, you know, new start. They gave him a, a two months or six weeks in the job with a forward pack that didn't make any yards whatsoever, and now they've resold him off the back of... And well, they haven't resold him yet. They haven't resold but him But why would you buy another half? Mate, well, they, need, they need back rowers. They need another front rower. Okay, they need to decide whether Nick Mean is going to be the fullback or not. All right, they need, to, they need a hooker, which is first and foremost. Like, they need five or six pieces before the halfback. They've got three young kids there. 
that they've chopped and changed and rotated through. Avarillo, for me, while he was great today running the ball, he's a running six who needs a dominant halfback. Can Wake can get the job done? Like, you don't need an, a senior half to come in to a team that's not going to win a title in the next three years. I think that the Bulldogs feel that Sean Johnson will help them score points, and that's their Achilles heel, scoring points. Disagree. Is this hit or miss? No. What's worse than miss? Totally miss. So what's their Achilles heel? They're four they need a nine, mate. They, they're trying to get a nine. They can't get a nine. That's the problem. Brandon Smith is probably going to be at Melbourne for another 12 months. They need a nine. I just who told can they you get? what they need. Did you need to I heard you. Who's so tell me who's the nine. Well, I'm just who's out there? Try and get Josh Hodgson, right? He's on 800, 900,000. Okay, well, if you're, gonna spend, if you're going to spend six or 700 on Sean Johnson or 500 on Sean Johnson... There's a big difference in that. Front, up and, front up and get someone that's actually going to be able to lead the side from number nine and control the ruck. All right, they need a, a front rower. Mm. They need to sort out what they're doing with some of those older guys, whether they're going to come off the bench or not. They need more depth, mate. They don't need to invest in another halfback. Well, look, whether they go down that path or not, whatever you and I think is irrelevant, they, they are looking at going down that path. And I don't know what it means for Kyle Flanagan, but... He, would you tell me this, Kyle Flanagan, if they can't find a number nine and they do, do sign Sean Johnson, can he transition into a hooker? Kyle Flanagan? Mm. Not if he's played halfback his whole life. Mm. I got offered to play hooker once and I prefer play reserve grade. But you were coming off a premiership, premiership win with the Dragons in 2010. Kyle Flanagan, Kyle Flanagan whether you like it or not, is in, at a position in his career. Hey, you bought him as a halfback. I know what they did, Sowie. I don't think it's fair. I'm not saying it's fair. All I'm saying to you is that's the reality of the situation. This Sean Johnson stuff has got legs. I'm not saying they're going to go down that path and sign him, but there is something to it. Now, that means Kyle Flanagan's future is in doubt because Matt Burton's not coming there to play in the centres. He's coming there to play six, which means seven next year is up for grabs if, Kyle, if they're talking. So if the, okay, so if they get Sean Johnson, they're going to have Matt Burton, Cole Flanagan, Brandon Wakeham, Jake Avrilo and uh, Cole Flanagan all on the books. They're going to have five halves out of 30 players. Well, I think you'll find Avrilo will be moving to the back line. Right. So There's still four halves. Yeah, but that's, that's, that's the decision they're going to have to make because if they do go with Sean Johnson, I'm sure the conversation with Kyle Flanagan will be had. Whether that's right or wrong, Sal, I know you, you're a big fan of Kyle Flanagan, but... Flanagan should try and get the like, Souths or somewhere like that that need a halfback. Or even well, it's not a bad shout. That's not a bad shout. Yeah, go with there's a senior playmaker there. He can just still do his thing. He's still had a great season at the Roosters. I don't know what the slander was but, or what he's done wrong, but buying five halves out of your top 30 is just a waste. How far along is this Sean Johnson to the Bulldogs chat, Michael? I think it's early. I think the conversations in the next week will determine where it leads. Now, Sean Johnson, from my understanding, speaking to people at Canberra, they're not interested in Sean Johnson. So I think the realistic option is Canterbury. And um, as we speak, Trent Barrett is sitting down to address that game, that the second win of the year. So we'll, we'll hear from Trent Barrett. Yeah, certainly was. Been a while, but um, no, I thought they played really well, mate. We, um, from the get-go, that you know, I probably saw it against Penrith a couple of weeks ago. That there was a a big change in uh, in attitude, I suppose, defensively, and we changed a few things and um, carried it through tonight. Yeah, real good. Shane, what can we like that to do for the rest of the season now? Oh, it gives them some confidence, mate. Yeah. You know, it has been a tough, difficult three months. So we've got an opportunity now just to get better again each week. And um, we've got Parramatta next week, who are the top four side and a really good team. So we're going to have to improve some things still on what we what we did tonight. But I thought um, Marshall King made a, a huge difference to our team, having a, a nine that can run and he's fast and he can play over the ad line. And we've really missed him. And, massive effort for him to play 80 minutes in his first game back so he was he was important for us and Hetherington and um, it's only probably the third time Hetherington and Thompson have played together all year and Josh Jackson being back so um, we've got a few more troops to get back as well over the next course of the next you know three or four weeks with uh, Fatal and Mariner and Ockhambor and, and um, Crichton so things are starting to slowly improve. I think that period trend where Josh went to the Simbing um, was huge, obviously. You conceded a lot of points the last few weeks, you know, down a lot of teams are, but what did yep. that give confidence? What confidence did that give that guys when you not only held Dragon scores, but scored six points as well in that period? Yeah, it was good, you know, and I was probably really pleased at the end there that we didn't concede any soft tries there at the back end, and we'd been doing that, you know, in the first half of the competition. and. We were, we were conceding just before half-time and right on full-time. and There was a lot of the games there where the score line got blown out 
off the back of you know 12 points or 14 points where we should have stopped and that you know it didn't look good and you know that that was concerning for me but um, you know I thought defensively we were really good and uh, Avarillo I thought did some really good things tonight he's a player he can and he's and he's quick and um, the game's lending itself to those sort of players again. Yeah, there is, mate. We'll we'll get better, you know, and no no doubt it's been hard, and I, I would have liked to have won, won, you know, a few more games, obviously than than we have. But um, what we're going through now will um, make us better down the track. I think we're on the right track with what we're doing, and um, but certainly still not happy with where we sit so the next 11 weeks is really important for us as a club and um, good to see so many fans come out and you know, it means a lot to them it was good can you update us on the situation with Dallin he obviously didn't play today and was obviously been linked to the Warriors what's the update there, there yeah anything? so Dallin was fit oh not unfit to play we thought he'd be half a chance he had a needle in his foot he's got a, a tendon or a torn muscle in his foot so um, we were hoping he'd play, but Nick Meaney come in and, and done a really good job. So uh, Dal's, we've got next week against Parra and Abai, so we won't rush him back next week uh, unless he's 100%. And that'll give him three weeks to get his foot right. So. What's your take on milking it? Sort of race his head at the end of the game there towards him and Jack Hedrington. He's not the only one, obviously, but Dragon's got a bit fired up about it. Jack milked it. <laughs> And he's on both ends of the spectrum. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, no, well, yeah, I don't know. I haven't really got too much of an opinion on that. I, but it'll sort itself out. I think the rules. I think the game settled down a bit in the last couple of weeks with the with the high stuff. And um, I don't think there's a, any dirty players in the game. And I don't think anyone deliberately goes out to hit anyone in the head. So players are aware. Uh, we we speak about it a lot. And. Um, Sometimes it's going to happen, but as much as we can avoid it, we'll try and do it and we'll abide by whatever rules that they give us. But we, we won't milk penalties. Kyle came back in New South Wales Cup and he was 18th man. Was that always the plan? or? Yeah, uh, Chris Smith was going to be the 18th man, but he, he hurt his ankle. But So we Kyle was still in the squad at 19, yeah. So watched the manage game and we, and we played well in Reggie's too. So that was good. So um, if we can keep them all healthy and... Hopefully finish. Yeah, just keep improving, mate. Travels a lot to have Steve here in person today. Yeah, good. He's been been good all week. I, I think just uh, he, he got a real aura about him. Uh, just a good bloke and extremely knowledgeable. He's um, doesn't talk a lot, but when he does, it's sense. And um, there's not too many things he hasn't seen. So. He'll um, he'll be around for another week for us, and just to to watch what we're doing, and he'll give us a, a bit of a lot of feedback, I suppose, on the program we're running and how we can improve a few things and what we're doing well. So, uh, no, we're we're really lucky as a club to have someone of um, his status in across. You know, he's very well respected, mate, and you can tell, boy, if you spend. 10 minutes with him, why he's been so successful. So he's, uh, we're very lucky to have Steve out here and um, he's having a good time. Is he having much input or is he just um, <clears throat> observing and...? More observing. He's been good for me, but we speak regularly. But it's been good for, for us and a little bit of um, um, confidence in knowing that what we're doing at training is the right... We're, we're heading in the right direction. And, um, but he's, he's got some, some input into where he thinks we can do things a little bit better and what we're doing well, and that's all we ask. <clears throat> he's, he's really honest and um, he wants to help, so um, we're real lucky to have him here. Thank you. Cool. <clears throat> Thank you. Bulldogs coach Trent Barrett speaking there after their win against uh, the Dragons, and if you couldn't hear that quite well then, uh, he's talking about Steve Hansen, former All Blacks coach, 
being in at Belmore at the moment, Sowie, he'd be an imposing figure at training, wouldn't he? Yeah, and it's always nice when you get those successful people come into your organisation. And I think Baz being still a young coach and trying to change things and the mentality and the culture at the Bulldogs is always important. So, yeah, it'd be nice to see yeah, what, go, what goes on behind the scenes. I don't know if we'll see too much of that, but, yeah, it's, uh, it's always nice. It, it's a young club in general. Like obviously, Barrett's in his second term as, as a coach, but you've got a rookie CEO, you've got a rookie chairman. These guys have just been thrown in. The guys in the club, there are a lot of young kids coming through. So to have someone of Steve Hansen's ilk in the club, it'll do wonders for people. Just, just to have reassurance that, A, they're doing things right, but also when they're not doing things right, to let them know that this is the way that things should be done. So it's good for Canterbury to have Steve Hansen on board. From one Kiwi to another, Dallin Watene's Lesniak was just discussed there as well. What's his future with the Bulldogs look like? There is no future, reading all the reports. Oh, look, there, there was talk that he was heading to, to the West Tigers. Now, negotiations got a little bit difficult there. I think that they wanted an extra year. The, uh, the, the management of Dallin Watene's Lesniak, he's contracted for 22 this year in 22, now the Tigers wouldn't budge. They wouldn't give him 23, so they looked elsewhere and the deal was done for Ken Mamala to join the Tigers. Uh, he joins them next week. So the door's now open for Dallin to head to the Warriors to replace Mamala. So those discussions are being had at the moment and there's every chance in the next fortnight that Dallin with Tennessee Lesniak ends up with the Warriors, which would be fitting given the fact he was New Zealand captain, well, New Zealand international captain while Roger was out. So, uh, yeah, look at Dallin and the Warriors in the next couple of weeks. All right, time to go back to our top story from the day we heard from him and Trent Robinson earlier uh, in the show. Boyd Cordner has officially retired from Rugby League. Uh, we sat here a week ago, Michael, expecting him to return in the next fortnight or so. So how did this play out? How did it come to the decision that Boyd Cordner would retire from Rugby League today? Yeah, I think Boyd felt as though he was going to come back. But he said today that his heart and his head, just the thoughts in his heart didn't match up with his thoughts of his mind. And I think people around him were probably praying that he would make the decision to, to step aside and, and, and to hang up the boots. It's been an incredible career. He's only 29 years old, just turned 29. He's won three premierships, played for his country, played for his state, and captained his state as well. Did he captain his country? Yeah, yeah. he, he retired so as the Roost Cumbent captain. Lose and Lars. So it's, it's, it's a resume that, you know, 10 players would struggle to put together, let alone one, and he's done it before the age of 28 at the time. So... Yeah, he, he can retire and be remembered as one of the greats and doing so in only 180-odd first-grade games. Like, Sal, you played against him. How tough was Boyd Cordner? Yeah, just, you know, when I, when I see Boyd on the field, even in retirement, probably valued him more than when I was playing against him because he was so hard-nosed and on the other side of the field, thank goodness, but just a tough player. I remember uh, catching up with, you know, you saw Todd Carney there. I was talking to Todd uh, when he was a youngster and we heard this kid called Boyd Cordner before he'd come into first grade and Toddy said to me, he goes, mate, he'll play for Australia or captain this. And I was like, okay, he goes, he's just injured at the moment. Uh, and then he came in and, you yeah, know, brained him. So, yeah, a, a, an amazing career. Uh, the Roosters lose another one yeah, this year. Three guys are retired. And so it's such a young age as well. And I think, you know, if Boyd's been probably totally honest, if you start to think about retirement, like, it's, you're probably done. Like, I didn't have, you know, the, the career that Boyd had. But once I started thinking about retirement and mentioned it to my mate, he just said, mate, if you're thinking about it, you're, you're packed up, like you're hanging your boots up. So uh, it would have been a tough decision for him in the end, but yeah, now he can sit back and relax and he's got a couple of players he can sit and watch the footy with. You mentioned there, uh, no Kieran Collins out with ACLs for the rest of this year. Brett Morris, Jake Friend forced into early retirement, now Boyd Cordner. What does this do on, in a pure football perspective in, the, in terms of their premiership hopes this year? And even their window moving forward. Yeah, their window's still open. I think they'll reset next year, Luke. Kiri, uh, they'll be able to get some salary cap relief, I think, that's right, in the next yeah. couple of years, depending on how that all unfolds but, you know, Lindsay Collins was a huge loss for them, he would have been playing State of Origin as well, uh, but they've, they've got outside backs, they've got Sam Walker, they've got Joseph Sawali, so I'm sure they'll reset. I, I kind of liken it to the Golden State Warriors in the NBA, they've just had a horrendous injury list, but they still put themselves in the picture to be able to compete, and, you know, next year they're all a little bit older, it's, I think they're the you know, the repeat took a lot out of them. Uh, but guys like Kiri and that, you know, if they can get a couple of young forwards, which they have in Fletcher Baker and some of these young guys, the window stays open for the Roosters. I don't think they have rebuilds anymore under Trent Robinson. Well, let's be, look at their roster. We're still talking James Tedesco, Luke Kiri, Joseph Manu, Sam, Sam Walker. Walker, Victor Radley. Like, 
not to mention the guys who have been injured. There's been a lot of guys suspended as well this year. Sam Verrill, like, it's still a star-studded team, and anyone, any other team in the comp would love to have those players. So oh, this window closing talk, it's, it's and they've got the coach too. Yeah, Trent Robinson, mm. yeah. Daniel Tupo. The list goes on. Uh, so Boy Corner was signed until the end of 2023. So what does this mean for the Roosters' salary cap moving forward? There'll be question marks around that. Are they? Is he off the books? Is he on the books? Who yeah. can they chase? It's an interesting one. So Jake Friend, when he retired, this was Jake Friend's, it's quite complicated, this was Jake Friend's last year on contract. So when he retired mid-season, they weren't able to get that dispensation off the cap because this was his final year. Now with Boyd Cordner, you mentioned he has two more years still on his, on his salary cap, on the books there at the salary cap for the Roosters. So 22 and 23, they are entitled the Roosters to apply for a medical retirement for Boyd Cordner. If that's the case and it's successful with the NRL, his $750,000 or $800,000 salary will be off the books for the next two years. So that puts them in the market, in the the serious business for a a top-line first grader. So uh, we spoke about the roster they had already. Mm. They'll have a a lot more to spend now to get potentially a back row or somebody else into the team. So we we always rank players when they retire, but can you remember a better back row that you've played against oh. or had, had such an impact. Well, we've seen the highlights. I've had a few run over me. <laughs> Sonny Bill. But we, like the impact that he's had and the way he played the game. Like, does, have you, can you remember a ball runner that runs a harder, more direct line than him? Zach, I would probably say, I don't know if you rank back rowers because there's been so many great back mm, rowers. There have been. Ben Kennedy, Bradley Clyde. I would say modern day leaders. You know, there's two guys that have really stood out, Cameron Smith and Boyd Cordner. You know, those two guys, the way that they've led for their club, state and country uh, and the way that they've played, no, fan, no fuss about it, just gone out there and played. So yeah, he's, he'll go down as one of the best leaders not only the Roosters have had but the state's ever had as well. And Zach, you can attest to this as well and, and you, Sowie, it's not just football. Like Anyone who's had anything to do with Bill Corner yeah. over the years, he's a tremendous person to deal with, always gives you your time. Never a bad word about him in regards to the way he handled handled himself. And we had plenty of times with Boyd Cordner in origin camp. Always came up to you and had a chat. He never was too big for anyone. It's a testament to him and his parents. Well, his his mum's passed away as well. But the way they raised the family, raised him, uh, it's a testament to him. I reckon it's him and Trent Robinson that have turned that. Because I've run into him a couple of times and he's he's always said hello and how you been and stuff like that. And they are all like that, the Roosters. You know, they've started and Melbourne have done it for years. But they've started something and... You know, he and Trent Robinson, we, we applaud Trent Robinson what he's done coaching-wise, but Boyd's been a massive part of that out on the field and being an extension of the coach. Yeah, and Trent, when I interviewed him today, I said, how do you replace Boyd Corner? And he goes, Zach, these players, they're irreplaceable. You just can't do it. And he's going to miss that presence. And, and Michael also spoke about uh, Boyd not being bigger than anyone. They had all the tables and everything, so the chairs set out there for the press conference today. He goes, no, nah, I want to do old school. Journo's up, standing up you know, alongside him. Um, and he spoke for 25 minutes and thanked everyone that was in the room. Uh, there wasn't a dry eye in there, basically. Uh, really emotional. And uh, a special player, Boyd Cordner, we thank you for all the great memories over the last decade or so. It's also a very special week in the NRL as we celebrate Beanie for Brain Cancer Round. Of course, all the proceeds from this round, if you buy a beanie, go towards the Mark Hughes Foundation and their fight against a brain cancer. We're lucky enough to be joined by one of Mark's great mates and Knights legend, Danny Badiris. Danny, thanks so much for joining us on Inside the NRL. Thanks, Zach. I uh, appreciate the opportunity. Uh, it's a, it is. It's a special week and, um, you know, you see the beanies every year they change. But one thing that never changes is the support from our, our regular community and people far and wide. Danny, why does this round mean so much to you and especially Mark Hughes? Well, yeah, it's about research for um, a cancer that killed so many people under 40 and so many kids under 10. It's just a, a hideous uh, cancer. They're all hideous, but... Um, when, when, when brain cancer strikes, it, um, it rarely misses. And um, we've never been closer to, to finding a cure on the back of all the research and all the funds that have been raised, uh, definitely through uh, the MHF Foundation. And, um, yeah, my, my wife works there. It's, um, you know, it's a small, probably four people work there, and amazing work they do. I just see it firsthand every day. So, um, you know, one thing we're all proud of there at the foundation is um, the cancer care nurses that have spread through... Uh, New South Wales at the moment and what they're doing uh, for people that are going through this whole ordeal, um, pretty much holding their hand the whole way through is on the back of the funds that have been raised through uh, uh, the Beanie Week and um, through the NRL. It's been awesome. Danny, you must be proud of the rugby league community and how special it is that they all get behind it every single year. 
Yeah, so we sure am, and it's it's the players. I think one of the one of the big winners is seeing uh, all the players running out in in the beanies. I think that's such a great advert, and um, the the game comes together at this time of the year. And uh, no matter which we, we saw Queensland last last week, New South Wales going at it, but I'm sure they're they're coming together as one, and uh, everyone from Queensland supports it um, all up the eastern eastern uh, seaboard states. So it's it's such a um, you know, a big part of uh, the fundraising for the MHF and how much money this this foundation has raised for brain cancer. It's um, like I said before, on the back of the rugby league spirit and community. And when when one of our owners in in uh, desperate need, um, you know, Mark started this foundation to help so many people, and he has done that. And um, you know, it's uh, everyone plays their part by buying a beanie for uh, twenty five bucks. And Danny, of course, it's not just this week that we can help raise funds for the MHF uh, Foundation and all the work that they do. But uh, in particular this year, the Big Three Trek, it kicks off on Wednesday. It's a special initiative. They've already raised more than $50,000. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, it's, it's also, I think the first uh, they start at 6am on Wednesday and walking all the way to um, kick off on Saturday afternoon, Saturday night at Newcastle. So huge three days for, for everyone on board and uh, I've done these these treks. Um, you know, we've, we've gone to Everest Base Camp. We've gone to um, Tanzania to do Kilimanjaro, and this, we've done about six of them all up. I've only done three. And what it, what it does give you an opportunity to do is sit, you know, walk, and talk, and 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 get next to people that you wouldn't rarely talk to, and you hear their stories and how how close you do get with uh, people when you when you start. Um, a challenge like that, which they'll start on Wednesday morning from the time and then the time they finish on, uh, at our game here on Saturday night. It's, it's, you become very close and um, you'll get to find out a lot about people and that's one of the great things I think those guys will experience, not only doing a, an amazing job for the foundation, raising a lot of money but and, and awareness, but more the point of getting to know people in their struggles and their walks of life. Everyone's got a story to tell and um, I'm sure everyone on uh, in those three days will have a hell of an experience and become a lot uh, clearer on what they want to do in their life and, and what they want to do to, to help others. Danny, huge news today with Boyd Cordner announcing his retirement. What's the first word that comes to mind when I mention the name Boyd Cordner? Uh, pride. Really, really. You know, I'm, I'm from Old Bar, Tari, that, that area. That's, you know, to see um, you know, Boyd fulfil all his childhood dreams. And I know his family really well. I know his dad's Spartan. Um, you know, he's, he's just a warrior, Boydo. Um, we saw how, how he played the game and, um, you know, he's always put uh, himself, um, you know, it's, it's before in any collision, um, you know, and a couple of things you, you you do get out of this game and, you know, you, you get a lot, but two things you do get is respect and um, and friendships and relationships and uh, Boydo's got those that in spades. So any, any room he walks into, um, people will, will go to Boyd um, and gather around him. And you know, that's that's one of the great things about our game is um, you know, the, the friendships you make as well. So I think um, no, good luck to Boyd. What, what's next? Because he's a um, he's got a whole whole life ahead of him with um, and, and so many people around him that love him and he's got a special partner there and Jem. And um, no, I just want to if I had a glass, I'd raise it to Boyd and. So congratulations, but uh, your life, is good. you've got so much more to live and um, the decision's being made and it's um, it's one that we're all you know, just so so happy for him. He's made that one and he can move on and um, I'm sure he'll be involved in the game somehow, somewhere because uh, good people are always looked after in our game and he's definitely one of them. Danny Boyd's been such a mainstay of the Blues. Would you consider bringing him into camp for Origin 2 at Suncorp? Yeah, it's, you know, we, that's one thing where we're all inclusive there and, and Freddie's done a, a fantastic job along with everyone at New South Wales is um, having um, people around that can, can really um, get the guys to get inspired a little bit. But the, you don't need much inspiration around Origin um, because it's, uh, it's inspirational enough. But the more guys that have been there and done it and, and you know, Boyd recently and what he's done is, you know, especially with Freddie, um, at the helm and the relationship he's got with Boyd, it's you know, uh, lifting that trophy after so many so many years of heartache. Um, you know, I'm so glad to see Boyd uh, was able to do that. You know, that's those ten years and a lot of those years Boyd was involved in it. It's, it's been a tough one for him, and you know, to see him lift that that shield and lift that, that NRL premiership um, number of times, it's um, it's more than anyone could have asked for, and I'm sure it's more than what Boyd would have asked for. But um, when you work hard as much and as hard as Boydo, um, you know, things happen like that. And, um, you know, he's just, you know, he's one of those players that um, 
command so much respect in the game. So, um, yeah, I'm sure we'll get him in for game two. Danny, game one has been won and done by New South Wales. 50 points to six winners. Not many New South Welshmen go up and taste success at Suncorp Stadium. How do you get the job done in game two? Yeah, it was a, such a, an honour and a privilege to be a part of uh, the, the preparation, the build-up. Um, you know, last year was really disappointing. We missed an opportunity. Um, we needed to go out and we had a real good look at things that went wrong and things that went right in our preparation for um, last year. It was a difficult year going into uh, November, um, but we had to re redefine a few things and, and we sort of did that and, and made sure that um, you know, bringing in Tommy and and, uh, and Latrell throughout our standing games um, for this, for this uh, year's Origin Series was uh, amazing to watch the way Tommy um, went about his business and um, to have you know, sorry, Tedesco in there as well, three of the best players in the game, or three of the best fullbacks, and to watch them mix together and, and get that game plan sorted was um, was great. So it's always good, game one, to get get off and running because it sets up the series, but it also gives the opportunity for, you know, everyone gets to debrief the games and look around where they could, could get better. And game two will be a real, real uh, intense grind because it can be a winner in this one and or we can get the series, keep the series alive. So... Um, there's a lot to play for in this one and it will always come down to the preparation and, and picking those guys that are fit and hopefully we can pick that same seven in again. Danny, what's the vibe in Newcastle at the moment? Because a couple of weeks ago, Old Boys Day, it's always a tough place to play in Newcastle, especially on Old Boys Day. The team was embarrassed in front of their home crowd. They weren't great on the weekend. What's the vibe up there in Newcastle at the moment? Yeah, it's tough. We're going through a period and we're holding on to you know something that can be dangerous but at the same time it, it is real and that's um, waiting for players to come back and um, we sort of knew that going into the last month of footy it, it could could be a really tough month and um, you know we, we always sort of predicted around 15 when these guys are starting to come back it's um, it can change a lot and you know, it's not just having that uh, the calibre it's, it's the type of player we've got out at the moment that the x-factor sort of player that can you know, really make other players play better and um, but at the same time, it's, it's a dangerous thing to hold on to because you, know, you can never have these. Every, could be injuries around the corner every week. So uh, we've just got to be better um, in, in a lot of areas. But um, I'm very confident it can be turned around very quickly by um, these guys coming back into our into our team. And um, it is. It's it's a difficult situation for all fans and everyone up here because um, another year where it was promised, um, you know, a, a real solid year, a real. Um, year of uh, you know playing some final footy, and we're definitely not giving up hope on that. There's still a lot of footy to be played, and if we go on a bit of a run, um, I'm pretty sure we can you know, feature in that final series because it's also very tight. Um, you know, going into the the back end of the season. Bedsy, can you give us a scoop on a couple of those injured players? Ponga, Pierce, Clemmer, Hunt, are they all back this week to take on the Warriors? Yeah, they were, we've sort of predicted that was going to be the the, the round that everyone will come back, and um, you know. Clem will come back through suspension, which are the two weeks off that he's had. And um, Homel Hunt's been sorely missed with some experience in the outside backs. Um, Brad McBest is getting scans and waiting on a result on him, which um, it's been a, a tough year for Bradman with injury. Um, you know, also with Mitchell with his, you know, Mitchell with his uh, surgery with his pec. And you know, that's probably about right now. He should be right. He's pushed very hard to get ready for this week. And, and Kalen with a groin, and you know, Kalen, the way he plays, we've got to make sure that that's right, 100% right, his groins, because, um, you know, it's the way that he, he uses them from the way his speed is and his step and his agility and he kicks the, the footy a lot, he kicks goals. We've got to make sure that it's not a, something that just, tra- just he carries for year, years to come, if not months to come. And um, So we've got to get it right to make sure that he can feature and um, hopefully it's that this week. We'll know tomorrow when we name that team. Bedsy, thanks so much for joining us on Inside the NRL. Hopefully for your sake and all those Knights fans' sake that those boys are back shortly, if not this week, then next. And once again, uh, it's an important round. You look great in that beanie. Keep rocking it all week. I just noticed my um, the clothes horse there, Mrs Pegg, <laughs> in the background as well. So, Mrs Pegg just didn't get moved. I didn't, didn't pick up on that. Oh, you better get to it then. You've got plenty on your plate. Thanks again. Cheers, man. Thank you. Ciao. Yeah, Danny Madeiras, one of the true greats. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, men's, oh, actually, the unisex beanies. Uh, we've got Mark Hughes Foundation beanies there. One with the MHF we've been sporting up here. There's a kid's beanie as well. $25 for the adult beanies, $20 for the toddlers. You can get them at IGA, your local Lowe's stores as well, or online at markhughesfoundation.com. 
www.ymoney.com.au. And Sally, you found yourself one of the white beanies. Looks good, doesn't it? It does. The ones I'm going to get the girls' ones. The tassels ones look good too. Nice and warm. They're the little kids' ones. Had to be getting warm yeah. here because he's been cold all afternoon. <laughs> he's like, been absolutely freezing. roasting. I'm about to soothe my ears after watching the game with you, listening to you spray them all afternoon. Uh, <laughs> well, I thought we've moved on from that. It's time now for Casualty Ward, brought to you by Chemist Warehouse. And a major blow for the Warriors with Chanel Harris-Tavita suffering a ruptured peck that is likely to end his season. The Knights might get a number of stars back on Saturday, but they'll be without Bradman Best. As Danny Medeiros just said, he needs scans to determine how long the 19-year-old will be sidelined with a suspected syndesmosis injury. Hamstring tightness meant Xavier Coates was a late withdrawal from their Round 14 match in Canberra. But the good news for the Broncos and Maroons is that he could be back in action on Thursday night against the Rabbitohs. He trained today. Albert Kelly, meanwhile, will miss up to a fortnight with a hamstring issue of his own. There were several head knocks from Round 14. Wade Graham, the most noteworthy. He'll need to pass concussion protocol to face the Cowboys in Townsville on Friday night. But there are reports the Shark skipper could take up to a month to recover. All right, it's now time for Hit or Miss. Now, Cameron Munster found himself in the middle of another little scuffle on the weekend, and it's fair to say his coach wasn't a very happy man and had some words of wisdom for the Storm 5-8. It really has to rain in a lot. You know, you just, <laughs> just can't do that, you know. If he just needs to cut up his game. Well, it, we don't want that his game. He doesn't want his game, so, I, you know. I love, <laughs> I love Craig Bellamy, straight to the point. But uh, Cameron Munster needs to rein it in. Hit or miss? Hit. It's, he's going to have to because that could cost him in a big game and they don't want to have him suspended for a week. I think he's been fined a couple of times now. Just seems like he's out of frustration. Didn't go his way on Wednesday night and then a couple of times you know, on the weekend. Just doesn't need to do that, so he'll be right. A little twitching problem with that leg happening at the moment. For well, he's left-footed. It can happen. But this uh, is the grand final. It's an origin yeah. opener. And then on the weekend, it's three times. Well, two, uh, two of those, they were losing. So there's a frustration thing there. But, yeah, he'll, he'll need to rein it in. Do you, think, do you think he thinks about it? Or subconsciously nah, does nah. it? So, it's, so how can you rein it in if it's something you don't think about? Okay, so hit or miss, he has to rein it in. Hit. How does he? Because well, you can't argue with Craig Bellamy. Did you hear Craig Bellamy? Mm. <laughs> he has to rein it in a lot. I'd love to hit you. We need to rein it in. No violence on this show. We need to rein it in here. For the first time since round nine last year, the Panthers are no longer first on the NRL ladder. So they won't finish as minor premiers in 2021, Michael. Uh, I'm going to say miss, but I'm going to have a little clause inserted. They play the, they play the Storm in round 20. The winner of that game wins the minor premiership. Hit for me. I think that uh, Melbourne have handled this period before, uh, even though I don't agree with it, uh, but they've just got guys that have been, and, and Craig Bellamy's prepped through this. Ivan Cleary, you know, you can say that you've planned for this part, but he's still feeling his way through this period of when to back his guys up. They've got a harder run home, the Penrith Panthers. They play Parramatta twice, South Sydney, the Roosters twice, uh, and through this origin period as well, and they finish with Parramatta at Bank West. Storm have only got four, four teams, they only play Manly as well, so. Sweet. All right, there's plenty of talk about the Maroons' makeup ahead of Origin 2. Their side will be picked uh, on Monday. Reese Walsh is too young in terms of age and NRL career to be thrown into the State of Origin arena this year, Sowie. Hit for me because I think Paul Green got it wrong with picking AJ Brimson off the bench in game one. They don't need a fullback off the bench, they need a utility. If you're gonna pick him, you would have to pick him at 5'8", and they're not gonna do that over Cameron Munster. So I would say hit, and you probably wanna see a little bit more of him as well in the top grade. Now he's fantastic, I love watching him every single week, and he's a very, very, very good looking cat. But for me, a little bit too young. So is it a hit for the fact that he is too young, or a hit because you don't see him being picked in that position? Uh, I would just hate to see him picked out of position to sit on the bench to come on and play 10 minutes in the middle. We, that's not going to be his style, so, yeah, hit. I'm going to say miss. What, what's the latest with Dan Gagai with that broke potential? He's fine. He's, he's fine? Been, he's back to return. He wasn't on the... Uh, Weren't you uh, the one that broke the news about a potential broken <laughs> hand as well? <laughs> Finger on the Correct. pulse. Well, Wayne Bennett said he's been sent for scans. So Those scans happened uh, last week. Those scans happened last You forget your week. own stories. Yeah, I forgot to chase it, mate. I was too busy trying to find out what was going on with the Dragons. So, uh, look, I, I say I'd still pick him. I'd still pick him. I, but to be fair, their problem isn't scoring points at the moment. They've got to find a way to stop them. And 
I don't think Rich Walsh going to solve their problem. <laughs> that okay? <laughs> you just confused us even more. That's the Got segment. to move on. It's called hit and miss. <laughs> and I'll confusion attacks. Angus Crichton will start for the Blues in Origin 2. Hit or miss, Sowie? Yeah, originally I thought yes, because I still think he's the best back row in the world. However, the way Tarek Sims played, I think Freddie will reward that. Uh, and maybe you know, Taz goes 15, 20 minutes and then Angus Crichton comes on and finishes the game. So unfortunately, Liam Martin might be on the bubble. So yeah, I think he'll be in the team, but I'm not sure if he'll start. So, so it's miss. a miss. Uh, I'm going to say hit. He won't. Did you say the question? He will start. He, will oh, he start. won't. He'll miss then. I, I, I think Freddie might stick with the same 17. Don't know. Just not in the guess. team at all. Well, how do you. Mate, he's the best back row in the world. I'm seriously. not disagreeing with that. I'm not disagreeing with that. But. You. So if you're not disagreeing with it, I'm not disagreeing with not the New South Wales side, because maybe he doesn't want to tinker with the 17. He's got the right balance there. Keep it rolling, Zach. No, no. So hang on. If, if the best halfback was coming back from suspension, or the best centre, or the best fullback was coming back from suspension, would you pick them? Well, if Mitchell Pearce played, then they won 52 to six, and Nathan Cleary came back from injury. Would Nathan Cleary be back, or they stick with Mitchell Pearce? Nathan Cleary would be back in the side. He's the best player in the world. <laughs> I, I right. get that. All right. I'm just saying, you won 52 to 6. The City Morning Herald's player poll, NRL player poll, was released at 6pm this evening and James Tedesco has been dethroned as the best player in the game. Nathan Cleary has been voted the best of all. So, Nathan Cleary is the best player in the NRL, Sowie. Hit. Said it three weeks ago. Roll the tape. Michael. Miss. Tommy T, just, just oh, take God, it over. Oh, God, Just take it over. Well, mate, I, if you look at the poll, 11,000 11, people okay. of the yeah. fans, I know how much you love not the fans. Not your fans. Not my fans. 11,000 of the fans. Okay. They had a say on this, and right. the majority, 47%, said Tom Draboyevich was the best player in the game. No, they didn't. The 30%. Oh, I, just, I just made that up. Like 33% else doing this. said Nathan Cleary. Here's my point. Tom Draboyevich has been great for eight weeks. Nathan Cleary has been great for 18 months. The end. All right, it's time for Champ or Chump. He featured in our hit or miss reel just before, and he features as one of our champs right now, or our champ of the week, Craig Bellamy. We love to see him get amongst the uh, big freeze, which is obviously to raise funds to fight motor neuron disease, all thanks to Neil Danaher. He's an AFL great. Uh, <laughs> A they, the, they had the big... <laughs> <laughs> a little nip slip Mate, from Craig. He got involved on the Sunshine Coast. They had the big freeze at this afternoon's match uh, between the Demons yeah, look at it. and the Magpies at the SCG. Uh, just like being in for brain cancer look. round. This, oh. is, this, is, oh. <laughs> this is their round uh, that you need to support. Um, fightmnd.org.au if you want to buy one of their beanies. Needs to rain it, rain it in a little bit there, Craig. Take some of the nip slip. <laughs> Take his own we, we, we need to rein it in. We've got a couple of minutes and then we're done here. Uh, the chump this week is the Bank West Stadium turf. Now, Darren Lockyer was on Channel 9 uh, <laughs> doing some goal-kicking uh, tutorials in, in his RN Williams, and the turf did not look after him at all. Oh. And it's not the chinos to do it in. Yeah. Now, I was out there ground announcing yesterday and I thought everyone was cheering me on the big screen and they were clearly cheering him. I can't believe you bagged your employment, Bank West. No, please. I love the club. I love Bank West. But you've got to look after Darren Lockyer. They play each other in a couple of weeks, don't they, Parramatta and Penrith? But, yeah, Lockie, look, he probably he knew going into it. you just got to, those ones, you just got to go off one step. You don't risk it. Coming in the Aaron Williams. No, not at all. And uh, speaking of chumps, uh, one of us in a beanie looks like an absolute chump, and it's not me. <laughs> it's not Sowie. <laughs> it is Michael yeah. Chamis, and here's his comparison to Harry <laughs> from the West <laughs> on Home Alone. This guy, this guy for real? <laughs> that is you. This guy for is real? That, do you not see it? Oh. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Whoever did that, thank you. Look at him. <laughs> Mate, get the hair. I actually wasted product today oh, on his hair. Thank you. Oh, Thanks, that's mate. made my year. That's, yeah, that's good. That's a good stitch. I can sleep well tonight. All right, make sure you join Glenn Hawker, Brett Kamali, Robbie Farrah for NRL Teams tomorrow afternoon, 3.55pm before the teams drop at 4pm. Thanks so much for joining us on Inside the NRL. Michael, thank you. Or, or <laughs> I should call you Harry from now on. Uh, Sowie, thanks so much thank as you. always. Better luck to the Dragons next week. Bye, Beanie. IGA, Lowe's, Mark Hughes Foundation website. Uh, they're great value, all going to a great cause. As we mentioned earlier, Boyd Cordner has retired from the NRL. Boyd. 
thanks for the memories.